John here, and we've got a new sponsor, DistroKid. Now that you've finished your latest Pirate Math SpongeCore Twitch trek, it's time to get it out there so everyone can hear it. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. And because you're a high-gain listener, you get 30% off. Just go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. That's distrokid.com slash VIP slash high gain. And now DistroKid has an app. The DistroKid app is available for iOS and Android. You can download it at distrokid.com slash app or in the app and play stores. We'd like to take a minute to thank our pals over at Isotope, makers of software and plugins for audio repair, mixing, and mastering. The new gold standard of audio repair, Isotope RX11, is coming in May. Buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. We use Isotope products here at the High Gain. It's an important part of how we've been able to bottle pure podcast gold week after week. High Gain listeners get 10% off using the promo code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. That's all at isotope.com. I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey, it's Ed Peterson. And this is John Kiltica. And this is the High Game Podcast. Oh, it's the High Game Podcast, Ed. It's pretty remote today here in beautiful West Seattle. Yeah, we have cloistered ourselves in our respective basements. Yes, that's a true story. What are we going to talk about today, John? Uh, We're going to talk about guitars. Okay. And perhaps why we're doing this. I think that sounds pretty good. It is super sunny out and lovely here in West Seattle. It is, but it is also kind of uh, ghost towny. Yeah, it is pretty ghost towny here. I decided after last week, maybe I should just stay in my own home and John could stay in his own home. Yes. You know? Ed and I were just discussing the fact that even though I feel much better, and I'm sure a lot of people out in the world feel super swell, you can still give other people sickness. Yeah. We have a super fan on the high gain who happens to be a doctor in Philadelphia. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And to quote him, Dr. Frank. Yeah. Just shut it down. Whoa. Yeah. Meaning the high gain? No. Everything. Everything. Yeah. He said, it's not enough to just say, if I feel sick, I'll stay inside. Yeah. Do you really need to go to the bar and have that beer? Do you really need to go to the theater to see that movie? Oh, my God. There's dogs here. That's Waffle. Uh-huh. Pepper is climbing on top of Waffle, and he is not into it. How about that, viewers? Extra drama. Isn't that pretty cool? My normal commute was like 40 minutes to an hour to get to work and back. And now I've got just more time on my hands, it feels like. Plus, I'm not going out and going to movies or doing any of that stuff. Started finally working on that Squire telly I bought. I saw that you disassembled it. Yeah. 
disassembled. I'm going to strip it today, the body. Claire said she might want to paint it. That could be pretty cool. You know, I was thinking just black on black on black, but I think Claire might do, you know, something fancy. And then you could take all the parts and uh, you can age them. Yeah, I was looking at like there's that mercuric acid or something. No, nah, no, nah, you don't want to do that. Take some vinegar. Vinegar. And you put it in a bin or something. Yep, yep. And then you add to that some steel wool and then put your parts in there. With the steel wool and vinegar. Okay. I think I probably have all of those items around the house, so that's good. One last stop out there into the real world. You don't want to go out in the real world. Why would you want to do that? Hell no. I don't want to do that. No. You know what I want to do? What? I want to hear a song. Yeah, how was that? That was great. I've got uh, a little cup of black coffee. That's what I have too, Ed. Just normie grandpa kind of beverage. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. That seems fitting with that grandpa guitar you've got going on over there. Yeah, that grandpa guitar is a Martin D28. Oh, I've got one of those. You do? And you've got one of those. I do too. Man, they are pretty sweet. They are. And it was really great because uh, in preparation for this episode, Mm -hmm. I actually uh, wiped the dust off of it and gave it some love and put new strings on it. It's a whole new guitar. I could probably use some new strings on mine as well. You know, another thing I could do with my work from home projects. Yes. Maybe I'll put some strings on my guitars. You know, I have, uh, yeah, I have lots of extra strings and I could just come down to your house and throw them at your front door and run away. Exactly. And then I can grab them with my gloves. Yeah. And wipe them off. Vicky has, uh, wipes in the car that she's just kept in the car. And I had to go to the grocery store yesterday. Yeah. Then I took those wipes in and, you know, wiped everything down that I touched. Oh, yeah. We're being safe over here. We're being super safe. West Seattle's, you know, the whole not fucking around style. You know what I'm saying? West Seattle's getting really close to total shutdown. Yeah. All of Seattle is. All of Seattle? All of Seattle. Like Olive. Olive. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it sounds like a good band name. All of Seattle? Yeah. That is a good band name. Well, you know, Ed. Yeah. The last time there was a pandemic this big was about 1918. Okay. It was the Spanish flu. Uh Uh-huh. It was global. Okay. It was very bad. Uh Uh-huh. Also in that era, World War I, there was a company called Ditson, D-I-T-S-O-N. Right. And our man Charles Ditson, Chuck, we could call him. Okay. He ran a music store. They did publishing. They did instruments. They did all kinds of music stuff. And they had multiple locations. Okay. Some people started coming to him saying, hey, Chuck, we wish our guitars were louder. Okay. There's Hawaiian music and there's banjo music and people are kind of getting excited. How can we make these things louder? Sure. So Chuck goes to Martin Guitars. 
Oh, okay. Martin's already a thing. Martin is already a thing and says, hey, Martin, okay. over there in Nazareth, Pennsylvania, we've got a lot of people asking for larger size guitars. Is that a thing you could do? Could you make something like that? Sure. Martin says, sure, we'll try to do this. And they did. Uh-huh. They put the Ditson name on them. They weren't making them for Martin because at this point, nobody wanted these big, huge guitars in the larger world. Your average, I'm going to play on the porch with my friends. Eh, they don't care. They don't want anything larger. What are you saying? Are you saying like guitars were smaller back then? I am saying that. Yes. You're saying a hundred some years ago, they were just all noticeably smaller. Yes. Weird. Little tiny things. They were meant to accompany oneself or to play in the parlor or to gather with friends in the genteel way. Right. But once Hawaiian music comes in and then people are messing around with amplifying stuff, all of a sudden this acoustic guitar is not loud enough. Sure. This is when Martin makes these things for Ditson. And they make three of them. Okay. They make the 111, the 222, and the 333. And Martin internally called them Dreadnoughts. The birth of that name is from Martin. It is from Martin. And you know what it's named after? A ship, right? Yeah, in 1906, just 10 years or so before this, the HMS Dreadnought entered service. It was the largest battleship ever. Yep. It was so massive, it spawned an entire class. Anything that big was called Dreadnought. Okay, so they're making Dreadnoughts. Yeah, the 111-222-333. They didn't do too well, and as I mentioned, Martin never added them to its line. But dealers are now starting to ask for larger size instruments okay. post-World War One, And Martin kept saying, nah, not interested. They had the double O size, the triple O size, and the triple O was as big as Martin was going to make. They felt that if you made a guitar any bigger than that, it was just going to be too bassy sounding. It wasn't going to be balanced or tonally kind of even. What happens to bring the Dreadnought size out of obscurity where it wasn't selling very well for Ditson? And what changed Martin's mind after saying, we're definitely not going to have anything to do with this? Can you guess? I would imagine it was some class of music. It's not Guthrie, is it? The Depression. Yeah, okay. The Depression hits. Yeah. And our man Chuck over at Ditson, they go out of business. Okay. That's 29, of course, the Depression. So then Martin kind of rethinks everything because they're sucking wind also. In fact, they were taking scraps of wood from guitar manufacturing and making little bracelets and jewelry and stuff. And they were trying to sell those. Anything to stay afloat. Good for them. They just had to do whatever they could do. It feels like, John. Yes. Those days could be coming back. Oh, man. You know, we've been talking about being holed up. But that also means that, like, no one's going to restaurants or bars or having big events or going to the theater. That's a lot of people employed in kind of lower wage jobs. I don't like it, John. I think we should be supporting our working musicians, artists of all stripes. Can you dig that? Yeah. Maybe the working artists need some dough. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So the depression hits and they rethink the dreadnought. Okay, let's give it a shot. Okay. They come out with what they call the D1 and the D2. D standing for Dreadnought. Okay. This is in the spring of 1931. By the end of the year, though, those would be changed from D1 
to D18. Sound familiar? Very. And D2 to D28. Love it. Yeah. Love it. They were 12 frets clear of the body. 12th fret hits at the body? It does. Okay, I'm into it. That's not how they are now, but that's how they started. Okay. They had an ebony bar in the neck. Isn't that crazy? Ebony being a very hard wood. An ebony bar? Yeah, isn't that something? Like the truss rod kind of thing? Exactly. It was a piece of ebony in the neck. I like that. Isn't that crazy? Later, they would put a steel T-shaped bar in the neck. In the 60s, they would put a steel tube in the neck. Okay. And this I did not know, Ed. The first truss rod in the neck was 1985. The first truss rod in a Martin, you mean? That's right. Okay. So no Martin before 85 has a truss rod? That's crazy. I would not have guessed that. I mean, we know that all the Chicago boys have steel reinforced necks and all that kind of stuff, but I guess I just assumed Martin didn't but if that's what the technology was why would they have done it differently i suppose yeah i guess if they made them one way forever it's probably crazy to switch yeah yeah all right so they make this thing in the spring of 1931 and by the end of the year it's called the d18 and the d28 and there's so much more bass in the tone of course that's what they were afraid of but it's so much boomier they actually called it a bass guitar huh okay so how'd they do, Ed? Great. That's my guess. They did not. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I guess it's great for depression, maybe? I guess it's a confluence of events. You're in the middle of the depression to begin with. The world is used to these smaller size guitars. You're bringing out this big, bulky, what the hell is this thing? So in 1931, how many did they sell, Ed? 452. That was close. Yeah? They sold eight. <laughs> eight eight in the entire year uh d1s and d2s that is correct wow wow but they did better in 1932 okay they were on the upswing how many did they sell in 1932 24 nine <laughs> <laughs> holy shit they couldn't have made hundreds if they only sold eight right you know, I think they were making them to fulfill orders. Yeah, okay. In 33, it does start actually ramping up, and then it reaches a peak in the close to 800s in 1941, and then it falls through the floor again because of World War II. Okay. By 35, it appears in the catalog. It hadn't been in the catalog in 31 for some reason, maybe because they were only selling eight and nine of them. <laughs> Why put it in the catalog if nobody's buying them i guess or vice versa like they didn't sell any because it wasn't in the catalog and so people didn't really know about it maybe that could be how would people know that this thing was even a thing you could get if they didn't put it in a catalog that's weird it wasn't until 35 that it even ends up in the catalog and when it does how much is it ed Nineteen thirty-five dollars. Nineteen thirty-five. i do not imagine it adheres to the 2k rule why because of the depression i just think it's cheaper than the 2k rule so i'm gonna go 34 dollars. it was a hundred dollars whoa really yeah so is that close to the 2k rule yeah and today dollars that's 1888 let's just call it 1900 bucks wow holy shit like i okay 
So what you end up with is, in fact, a guitar that's very boomy and very loud, and it finds a home. You mentioned Woody Guthrie. Sure. People like Gene Autry, the singing cowboy in the movies. Hank Williams, who I played at the get-go here. Johnny Cash. Maybe some Beatles. John Lennon, yes, and Paul McCartney. Blackbird was written on Paul McCartney's D28. Let's see. Some open chords. Some finger picking, maybe. Yeah. I feel like any of those 50s, 60s, into 70s songs with an acoustic, it's on a Martin. That's probably not totally correct, but... It's rare, I think, to find a guitar in any class that sets the standard and becomes the kind of legend we know about. The Telecaster, the Stratocaster, the Les Paul, all of these kinds of things that were firsts. I think it's the same thing with the Martin Dreadnoughts. Totally. You know, even if you don't know what that guitar is, ask someone to draw an acoustic guitar and they draw a D28. I mean, it's just the guitar. Is there an acoustic guitar manufacturer out there that does not make a dreadnought-shaped guitar? It's so ubiquitous, it would be very weird if they didn't. Yeah. Who's your favorite D28 player, Ed? Neil Young. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, that's a great one. There's an interesting anecdote there, Ed. Oh, about Neil Young? Okay, I'm ready for it. I'm, uh, I'm refilling coffee, John. Oh, that's a good idea, Ed. Yeah. Yeah, I've got the coffee too. Myself and Ed love us the coffee. Yeah, love it. You know Neil Young's D28 has a name? Hank? It is called Hank. Do you know why? I would think from Hank Williams, but I guess I don't know that specifically. It is from Hank Williams, and he named his D28 Hank because that specific guitar belonged to Hank Williams. Oh, oh, I did not know that. Wow. How'd he get a hold of that, I wonder? I don't know. Hank Williams, throughout his career, had multiple Martins, but that one ended up with Neil Young. And Neil Young had a tour bus. He was touring around doing his his whole thing. And then uh, our man Bob Dylan. Yeah. Do you know him? I'm familiar, yeah. He's going on tour, but he didn't have a tour bus. So Neil Young says, well, you know, you could borrow my tour bus if you want. Go ahead. Go on tour, Bob Dylan. Use my tour bus. Okay. Make yourself at home. By the way, you know, I left a guitar in the back. Uh, You can use it if you want. Right. That's great. So Bob Dylan does that. Goes on tour, and maybe he's sitting in the back at night strumming on this here guitar. That was Neil Young's Martin. That is crazy. Yeah, that was the Hank guitar. So imagine the same Martin D28 was played by Hank Williams, Neil Young, and Bob Dylan. That is crazy. That's a hell of a guitar. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So the difference between the D18 and the D28, I know that as the number gets bigger, they get fancier. Those have come to be associated with uh, the appointments of the guitar, yeah. Okay. And it goes all the way up to the D45, which is super duper fancy. Yeah, Neil Young has one of those too. I think all the Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young dudes played Martins. All the best. There's an HD28V at Thunder Road right now. 
But, you know, maybe one Martin is good enough. Play the hell out of the one. That's kind of my strategy with my Martin. I think I'm going to be playing this one a lot more now that I've cleaned it up. Yeah. I should probably use this period of confinement to clean up all my guitars. Yeah. Like I said, I'm taking one apart and rebuilding it. I ordered some parts. Hey, viewers, should I go standard Tele style? Uh, the neck has already been routed for a humbucker, and it was routed for a middle pickup. So it's got the like single, single humbucker setup in this telly. I was thinking maybe gold foil, maybe P90 in the neck. Gold foil. That's kind of what I'm leaning. I was on the Gemini pickups website. Our man Rob. Our man Rob, who has done most of the Abernathy guitars, and he makes some screamers. Yes. So I was kind of thinking Gemini, you know. I think you should. I think you should support our buddy, Rob Banta. At Gemini Pickups. Over there in New York State. He's probably on lockdown, too. Right. I'm going to turn this squire into, like, an absolute screamer. Do you have that thing in an effects loop at all? I don't. It's not plugged in. I have two external mics. Okay. That's cool. That, Ed, is the long and short of the Dreadnought story. Yeah. So that thing's been in constant production since... 31 as a Martin model. 16 if you include the ones they made for Ditson. Right. We've talked about going out to Nazareth and uh, going to that museum. That would be pretty sweet. Because I'm sure they've got some of those, right? I've got to think so, yeah. Yeah. This is our first recording where you and I have not been in the room together. <laughs> we'll probably do at least another couple, you know, remote style, don't you think? Yep. Do you know where we got this guitar, Ed? Nope. This comes from the personal collection of me. We didn't want to go to Uncle Frank and, you know, touch stuff and have germs all over the place. I went into Uncle Frank's because I'm fine. Uh-huh. I went into Uncle Frank's and was looking at a few things, and I just decided I'm not taking a guitar from Uncle Frank's and giving it to Plague JFK over there. I am not plague-ridden. <laughs> People are walking around completely fine, no symptoms whatsoever, yet are nonetheless carrying it. Right. And yet, still, uh -huh. if you walk into a grocery store and someone sneezes, the entire place stops and stares at the person. You are the grocery store sneezer. So, all right. I'm just saying, everyone feels better knowing that you're not touching these guitars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize, sort of. I understand. And you know, we should remind our viewers the world over. What's that? Be patient with each other. Sure. Be understanding. Be patient with Ed and JFK. I gotta say, I kind of miss looking over and seeing the many faces of disappointed Ed. Yeah, yeah. I miss your judgment. It's going on, you just can't see it. <laughs> I think people should get out there on the High Gain Instagram. Our good friend Kevboyface, he posted some uh, smoothie photos. Oh. 
and it got me thinking I need to uh, post smoothie videos. So I did a whole series on today's smoothie on our story. Oh. So you can see, like, I had a banana strawberry blackberry with kale and oat milk. It was delicious. You can see the whole thing. Oat milk. Have you not watched it, John? No, I have not seen it yet. It's fantastic. From ingredient to into my body. You make a fine, fine point, Ed. Yeah. As we get closer to uh, complete and total lockdown, mm. one of the things you can do to enjoy yourself and keep busy mm -hmm. is go on the internets and look at The High Game. Where can they find us, John? Oh, geez. We are at The High Game. Yeah. On Instagram. On Facebook. Yeah. On Pinterest. Okay. On LinkedIn. Ooh. You can even go to patreon.com slash the high game. Ooh, what do you get there? You get to subscribe to our shenanigans and also, you know, make sure that we're going to be okay. Sure. Maybe I should post some uh, recipes. Some health. Smoothie recipes. Healthy smoothie recipes. Yeah. Do it. Okay. Thanks, John. All right. Bye.